become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 16 of Macabre Misfortunes. Hey! So Tracy, in yeah. Omaha, Nebraska, which is Mutual home to the... Mutual love, Omaha, these people. I don't think that's the last two words of that, oh. but you've made it into something. Something. <laughs> Remember that show? That was a good show, I thought. What, Wild Kingdom? Yeah. Well, yeah, Mutual of Omaha was not the name of the show. <laughs> Well, it was Mutual Omaha's Wild Kingdom. They sponsored Oh, that's true. Yeah. Forget it. Anyway. Move on, sir. In Omaha, Nebraska, which is well known for their steaks, but also it's home to the College World Series. Play it there every year. Did not know that. It's also home to a beautiful park known as Gallagher Park. Now, it's your basic, beautiful green space, just under 19 acres. It's everything you would think it would be with a park. It's got three ball fields. It's got a swimming pool with water slides and diving boards. And it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds nice. But it's no amusement park. Man, who needs an amusement park? But it used to be an amusement park. Uh Uh-oh. Gallagher Park has only been this traditional park since 1955. Before that, it was Krug Park. Krug? Krug. K-R-U-G. That sounds like a fun place to go. This place... Has some history. Most of it great, but one very tragic event that it will forever be known for. Wow. I only had one terrible event, and that's pretty good. This park was originally founded by a German American by the name of Charles Teets in 1895. Like Teets or Tits? Teets. Okay. It's German. Okay. Because so, some people call tits, teats. I understand that, but that's not what this is. Okay. In 1902, Frederick Krug Brewing Company bought it, and they basically turned it into Krug Park. They renamed it, started adding some attractions to it. It had a beer garden and some amusement rides and an ice cream parlor. Hey, beer and ice cream. you got me interested now. Makes for a unique float. <laughs> Ooh. I wonder what that would taste like. There's people who make... Beer floats? Yeah, there's people who make beer floats, and they use, uh, like, flavored liqueur and stuff to make floats. Ooh. Like, sometimes you can go to a bar and buy drinks that have ice cream in it. Hey, I have vanilla ice cream downstairs, and... We are getting off topic. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Another cool attraction was a hot air balloon that they would do balloon rides on oh, Sundays. Oh, that's cool. They had a dance pavilion where they would do nightly shows. And then they had new attractions, such as a swimming pool with a waterfall and a wave machine. Oh, this place sounds cool as it can be. I didn't know they had wave machines back back in the the early 1900s. I did not either. But they did. They also had a two-story bathhouse that they added 
1930. Okay. Matter of fact, Fred Krug referred to this as the complete amusement park, and in fact, he advertised it as Omaha's Polite Resort. What a nice name. Over the years, the park added more attractions, as you can imagine. The biggest draw being a 72-horse merry-go-round and the Big Dipper. It Damn, was a, 72 horses. That's a huge merry-go-round. Yeah. That's really hoogie. But the Big Dipper. What is that? It is a wooden roller coaster. Both of these were added in 1930 also. Mm-hmm. This was during Prohibition, so family-friendly places like this, like Krug Park, was... You know, that could be Krug Park. I'm betting it is Krug Park. I probably mispronounced it. So mm-hmm. just pretend I said Krug all the other times. Mm-hmm. Anyway, family places like Krug Park, they were flourishing. Hordes of people were coming to do things because it didn't involve alcohol because there was no alcohol back then. Mm-hmm. So this is a lot of the family-friendly events were very popular back then. But these park goers, especially on the evening of July 24th, 1930, had no idea what they were about to witness. Oh, no. Especially the people that were lined up to ride the Big Dipper. As the packed roller coaster was being pulled up to the incline by the, by the chain, pulls it up. One of the front cars jumped off of the track. No. Oh, oh no. Well, the chain kept pulling forward. As this happened, the car was derailed. It started inching its way off the side of the track. This started derailing the cars that were behind it, dragging all of its cars, all oh. four, to the edge. The passengers started screaming as they could see what was about to happen, but unable to free themselves from the cars. How far up were they, I wonder? It was really up. Oh. Picture most roller coasters up to the very top. Oh, my Lord. On the first big incline, and oh, that's no. where it was. After teetering on the brink for a few seconds, the first car plunged over the edge of the track and pulled the other three cars with it. The cars crashed on the track below, overturning and trapping all of the occupants. Within moments, there was a crowd of people had gathered at the crash site to try to either help or mm-hmm. to try to find their loved ones who they knew were probably on. Because this was everybody. It was, um, remember correctly, I think there was 29 people total that was on all four cars. What? That's a lot of people for four cars. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like three in each row, three, six, does. Yeah. If you had three rows with three in each row, that Well, would be I guess I was thinking, and it was just like, you know, you can only get maybe two or three in one. The crowd of people was so sub- submersive, I should say. Well, not submersive. It was so deep that they had to call police to kind of disperse the crowd yeah, in order so to be able get to get the ambulances them. and stuff mm-hmm. in there. One of the survivors said that there was no time to jump. All they could do was tug at the safety belts that held them firmly in their seats. I can't believe somebody survived. The driveway heading to the front of the coaster station was so packed that police were forced to tear down sections of the fence surrounding the park in order to get the ambulances through. 29 people were on the coaster at the time of the accident. All 29 were taken to the hospital. Four of the 29 would die later that night. I can't believe that. 
that is, that is, I mean, how do you survive that? How do you survive? That made this the deadliest roller coaster disaster ever up to that point in time, up to mm. 1930. Oh, gosh. See, that's why I don't ride those things. I don't trust it. So what causes a disaster like this? Well, an inspection later found that a loose bolt caused a uh, brake shoe on the lead car to become loose. It then swung around and got underneath and got between the wheel. Oh, like and a rail? The wheel and the rail. And that's what caused it to jump. It's a very simple malfunction that caused the lead car to derail while the cog chain took care of the rest of the problem because it just kept pulling forward. They mm-hmm. didn't, I don't know why that couldn't have been stopped or turned off or maybe they just didn't notice in time. Not sure. Now, after the accident, the city of Omaha passed a new ordinance that forbid the operation of any roller coasters within its city limits. I don't blame them. And why would anybody want to get on one after that? Right. Well, Krug Park struggled financially after this, and they would eventually close its doors for good 10 years Mm. later in 1940. There is no memorial to those killed at the park or anything at all showing that this accident even happened. So the incident is most, I don't know. It said the incident is mostly forgettable even by locals. They said you'd be surprised how many locals didn't even know that that happened there. Yeah, that's not cool. All right. So without getting into a ton of details, we're going to tell I got a story for you, but we got to take a quick sponsor break and mm-hmm. we'll be right back with this story. Okay. Okay, Tracy, without getting into a ton of details, what if I told you that as tragic as this story was, that it's not even the deadliest accident involving a roller coaster named the Big Dipper? Well, it was somewhere else? May 30th, 1972, disaster struck the Big Dipper coaster in London at the Battersea Park. The accident occurred in the afternoon. A train of cars was being hauled up to the start of the ride when the hauling chain broke, causing the train to go back down the hill. Okay, backwards. backwards okay. Yeah, so it's going backwards. It's supposed to have a rollback. That's what they call it a rollback. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to have a rollback brake. It didn't work. The emergency brake failed. This caused the carriage to roll backwards towards the station. Despite the efforts by the brakeman, who was somebody that's in the back of yes. the carriage trying mm-hmm. to stop it, the car jumped the railing. Because what happened was there was a curve that okay. it got to. Mm-hmm. And when it got that curve, it was going too fast. And it jumped the curve, hit, hit the um, um, railing that was going around. And when it hit that railing, that barrier, it crashed through there, and two other cars crashed on top of that. So these didn't go over oh. top and go down. They stayed right there in that track. Mm-hmm. But the other cars jumped on top of the first car. Five children were killed oh. and 13 were injured. After that accident, the coaster was closed and dismantled. Without its main attraction, the park closed two years later in 1974. One of the survivors said that one of the cars started going backwards 
and everything, once the car started going backwards, everything went in slow motion to them. So she turned around and she saw the brake man desperately trying to put the brakes on, but it just wasn't working. Most of the cars didn't go around the bend, one detached and went off the side through a wooden railing. People were, were groaning and hanging over the edge. It was awful. And that was according to one of the survivors. Now, there were char charges filed in this case. Manslaughter was mm -hmm. what they charged three different people for. It's the manager of the ride, the manager of the park, and the engineer of the ride. Not the guy that was trying to do the break, I hope. No, no, wasn't him. The prosecution claimed that there was a fire two years earlier in 1970 that caused damage to the ride. The wood used to replace the damaged wood was secondhand wood that was at least 50 years old. What the frick? Well, that's not the worst of it. Furthermore, other parts of the ride, such as the hand railings and, and a pedestrian walkway, were rotted. This led to one of the deaths of the five people. One of the initial survivors, they didn't die right during the crash, but then they fell through the railing that was rotted. And fell to their death that way. Well, they needed to be prosecuted. Well, How? They, they were all found innocent. Stop. Oh, come on. So. Come on. Why? I don't know why. I don't. I told you at the beginning there wouldn't be a lot of details on that one. I just found it interesting that there that would be two disasters involving the roller Dipper. coasters yeah. named the Big Dipper. Yeah. I I used to love roller coasters. I do not trust one of them now, not even a little bit. Just for simple fact like that. All right. I mean, why why don't you replace your stupid rotten wood? What is wrong with Everybody you? Everybody trying to save a buck. Well, Everybody trying to save a buck. Wow. Well, I'm sorry to all those people that passed away. It's just awful. All right, here's our creepy little fact. It's not really as much of a fact. It's just uh, something I found disturbing. The last words of serial killer Peter Curtin, get this, were, tell me, after my head is chopped off, that I will be able to hear, for at least a moment, the sound of my own blood gushing through the stump of my neck. That would be the pleasure to end all pleasures. Okay, sicko. <laughs> I don't think you could hear that, could you? Uh, probably not if your head's off. <laughs> you wouldn't what be as weirdo. close to it. All right. And then on that note, <sighs> a whole show of doom and gloom. Yeah, that was pretty depressing <laughs> and weird. Why you want to... Oh, I just cannot figure people's thoughts. Well, that guy, one guy did prove that, that you can hear for, I think, up to three seconds or five seconds after your head's been decapitated because he did that test with the criminal that was going to die anyway. And he said, Hey, when they cut your head off, I'm going to ask you a question and blink. If you understand what I'm asking or blink once for yes. And when he, the guy's head was chopped off, he picked it up and he asked him the question and the guy blinked. So he picked up the head. Well, something like that, or he was looking at it while it was in the barrel or something. But I mean, they did the test where he actually looked Right afterwards, and I asked a question, and the guy blinked or made, you know, he did something to show that he could acknowledge. Oh, my god! But gosh. it's only up to, like, five seconds or three seconds or something. Wow. I did not know that was possible. 
I mean, think about it. Everything you need for hearing and stuff is all up in the head. And as long as you still have a little bit of blood still left. I mean, I guess that's true. Just, ew. Yikes. Well, yay. That was a lot of interesting stuff. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye.